What amazes you? Is it the sound of a baby laughing? A sunset on the beach? Perhaps a flower blooming? Hi, it's Josh here, one of the pastors at West Valley Christian Church, and we are on a series called Amazed, where we will discover biblical stories of amazement that will bless your life. Hope you enjoy this message. So as you saw, we're starting a brand new series today called Amazed. And I want to start off by asking a few questions. And the first one is is this, have you ever been greatly surprised? (laughs) I hear laughter over here. Have you ever been greatly surprised? Well, it was Wednesday morning, just a few days ago, 6.31, that I received a phone call and I ignored it. At 6.32, I received a phone call, and I answered it. And on the other end was one of my relatives and said, Rob, guess what you're doing tonight? You are going to game seven of the World Series at Dodger Stadium. (gasps) And I was greatly surprised. And I got to go to game seven with uh, someone I love Uh, that's been in my life for a long, long time, and it was awesome until the actual game started. (laughs) Have you ever been greatly surprised? Uh, Have you ever been filled with wonder? And, And when I wrote that question down in preparation for this sermon, it was just immediate, just immediate. My answer happened uh, almost a little over 24 years ago. Actually, it was on October uh, 15th, 24 years ago, where I held my firstborn son for the very first time. And for those of you that have children, you know what I'm talking about. To hold that precious life at the age of 25, I was just in wonder. Have you ever been greatly surprised? Have you ever been filled with wonder? Have you ever been blown away? And it just happened this week again. I've made mention of this, but literally right on on the other side of this wall are the restrooms that support the offices right here. My office is right there. But on this wall, as I walk towards the restroom, every time somebody is baptized... We take a picture and we place it up on the wall with their name and the date. And so in January, you may have one or two up there. In February, there may be five or six photos up there. But this week, as I walked past, we have three complete rows, 36 people that have given their lives to the Lord here at the church. By the way, by the way, we've had to add a fourth row because We've really had 38, two more last week, and so we're going to have probably by the end of this year, maybe another row or two, and I am telling you, that blows me away to look at all the faces of the young and let's say the older, and seeing people come to Christ blows me away about the life change that is happening. Have you ever been awestruck? You see, all of these questions lead to this one thought. And that one thought is behind me on the wall, amazed. Amazed. 
all of those greatly surprised and wow and blown away, those are all definitions of the word amazed. And did you know in the Gospels, which are the first four books of the New Testament, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all four of those Gospels have that word all throughout those Gospels. This word amazed. And it wasn't amazed because of the Pharisees, and it wasn't amazed because of nature, and it wasn't amazed because of, uh, of, of the great meal, and it wasn't amazed because of you fill in the blank. Every time, people were amazed because of one person, and his name's Jesus. They were amazed at Jesus. They were amazed at his power. They were amazed at his authority. They were amazed at his compassion. They were amazed at life change. They were amazed at his teaching. They were just amazed by Jesus. And this year, we have had this as our theme, amazed. And I will tell you this, that God has not disappointed. God continues to amaze, not just in the four gospels written thousands of years ago, but amazes here in 2017. And I would say he amazes right here in this church. Amen? Amen. God is so good. And he wants to continue to amaze us. And so we thought it would be valuable to, again, close off this part of the year and say, let's go back to those Gospels. We looked at the first six uh, chapters in Mark in the beginning of the year about all the times the word amazed came about. Well, we're going to look from Mark chapter 6 on for the rest of this series. Are you ready for it? Are you ready? Hold on to your purple seats and we're going to go. Let's pray. Uh, God in heaven, uh, gosh, thank you. Thank you that, um, that you're God and we're not. Thank you that you are filled with grace and compassion and truth and mercy and just so much. God, thank you that we get to come in here and readjust. Sometimes we, we get out there in the world and, and we just kind of get our rear ends kicked and we get... Um, thrown around, and it's just good to be in your house and be reminded of your truths. I pray, God, that today iron would sharpen iron, that we would be encouragements to one another, that we would be filled with courage because uh, we will look into your word. God, help me. Help me to be present in this moment. Help me to communicate what it is that you want communicated here today. Uh, I pray for my friends, God, that you would prepare their hearts and help them to be ready to receive what it is that you have for them. God, I certainly love you, and I know we love you. It's in the powerful name of Jesus, and all God's people said, amen. I know you're just sitting there going, I want to say that word. I want to say amazed. So let's do that on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Are you ready? One, two, three. One, two, three. Amazed. So let's go into God's word, and we're going to look at Mark chapter 6. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. These fine uh, gentlemen are going to make their way down, and we're going to turn to Mark chapter 6, and uh, we're going to delve right into today's passage. Mark chapter 6 started in verse 30, and if you go all the way through 44, you're going to see a story that actually we're not going to talk about today, but I do think it's important to lay the foundation here. It's early on in Jesus' ministry, and uh, Jesus is going about, and he's amazing people in so many different ways. 
And, and we see in Mark chapter 6, and let's go to verse 34. It says, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had what? He had compassion on them. I, I, just, I just never want us to walk past this. Because I think sometimes we really truly forget, especially uh, those that are outside the church, but even those of us that are Christ followers, Jesus was filled with compassion. He wasn't ready for us to make a move, a wrong move, and zap us. But when he saw the large crowd, he had compassion, splachnitzomai, love from the gut on them. And because they were like sheep without what? They were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Jesus came to this earth because he has a heart for you and I. He understands our pain. He understands the disconnect that we have with our heavenly father because of our selfishness, because of our, our, our sin, because of the, the things that we do that help motivate or, or push and promote that, that separation. Jesus really cares about you. Jesus really cares about me. And so it says he began teaching them with many things. And then he taught them, and, and all of a sudden, uh, you hear stomachs growling. Now, I don't necessarily hear that so much in the 9 o'clock service because you guys have already munched out on your bagels and your omelets and your cereal and your oatmeal, right? But second service, man, they're grumbling. And then journey tonight, oh, they're really grumbling, man. They're ready for that dinner. But, but, but he was preaching so much that, 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 hey, hey, Jesus, these guys are hungry. Well... Jesus takes care of it. He says in verse 41, it says, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and he broke the loaves. And it says, everybody had an all-you-can-eat meal. That's a loose translation here. And it was way better than you'd get at Hometown Buffet. Okay, we're talking legit food here. And then it says the number in verse 44, the number of men who had eaten was what? Now, here's something we don't often talk about here. It's 5,000 men he fed. That's not all the women and children that were there. I mean, Jesus amazed the crowd there by not only filling them with great teaching through his powerful teaching, but he amazed them with another miracle, meaning not only a physical need, but a spiritual need. All right? So the stage is set for our passage here this morning. We're going to go to verse 45. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat. Okay, so there's this great teaching, great miracle, the great feeding of the 5,000 men plus. And then he says, hey, guys, you need to get in the boat and go ahead of him to Bethsaida. Well, he, he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up onto a mountainside to pray. Who went up on the mountainside to pray? Oh, Good. So Jesus goes up on the mountainside to pray. When evening came, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on the land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. About the fourth watch of the night, he went out to them, walking on the lake. He was about to pass them by, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a what? Ghost. Not Casper, the friendly ghost. So they cried out, who are you going to call? Thank you very much. <laughs> Ghostbusters. No, they cried out, 
because they all saw him. They all saw him. They all saw him, and they reflected back to the miracle that he just did in feeding the 5,000. They reflected back to all the powerful teaching. They saw him and went, all right, yeah, this is great, Jesus. No. Uh Uh-uh. I know you still might have some sleep in your eyes, but the Bible says this. They saw him and were They were terrified. They were filled with what, church? They were filled with fear. Now, if we could step back a little bit, Jesus performs this great uh, miracle. Before that, there's all this energy and teaching. And, you know, we'll have close to 600 people here in the three services today. And by 6.15, you could ask my family, I am done, done. Now, we always go out to dinner afterwards, and I'm like a zombie. And I'm only teaching close to 600 people. Jesus is teaching 5,000 plus. We could say 10,000 plus. I mean, yes, he's the son of God, but he's, he's, he's emotionally and physically exhausted. This is why he sends the disciples off. And there's, there's some other reasons there, but it doesn't matter for today. But then here's, there's something else that's going on in Jesus' heart. Jesus has done that ministry all day long with a heaviness on his heart. Because you know what, he, what kind of news he had received earlier? He received the news that his good friend, John the Baptist, had been beheaded. Oh, but he's the son of God. No, 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 no. Remember, Jesus is God in the flesh here on earth, tempted in every way but was without sin. But he felt lost like you and I feel lost. He played hurt that day is what I'm going to suggest. And, and so it was kind of one of those things that's like, you know what, guys, why don't you just get, make your way? I'll meet you. I want to be alone with my father. Now, there's a hidden message in there that we're not going to press into today, but maybe someone needs to hear that right now. The pl- best place to go when you are hurting is to your heavenly father. And this is Jesus, Jesus, the son of God, that Matthew chapter 28 says, has all authority and power in heaven and earth. This Jesus says, I want some time away from these guys. And I want some time in the presence of God Almighty. And so he gets away. And you can almost just kind of see him sitting there and the sun's going down and he's just like, He's just got some good alone time. Good alone time is good sometimes, amen, church? Come on, it's really good. And so he's just sitting there and he's kicking back and and maybe he's talking to the father about what had happened that day and he's reflecting. But meanwhile, I think he's got a view and he's looking out towards the, the, the disciples. And he sees something. He sees that they're struggling, right? It says that they're struggling, they're straining as they're oaring out there. And there's this great wind and there's this storm. And that's not unusual at this time at night, the fourth, the fourth watch. And Jesus could sit there and literally, like you and I could do and probably have done, if that's the bad over there, we could just kind of turn our back, right? And go, it's me time right now. But not Jesus, he sees these men that he's pouring into and investing into struggling. 
And then we're going to see what happens. Verse 47. When evening came, the boat was in the middle of the lake. And when he was alone on land, he saw the disciples straining with the oars. That compassion that he had for the crowd is now for those men that he's been pouring into. If you go down to verse 49, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they saw him and were terrified. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. These men, or just write this down, gripped by fear. These men were gripped by fear. He saw when he looked at them, fear in their eyes. Have you seen that in someone before? Have you seen fear in somebody's eyes? I would imagine all of you have. Have you ever looked in the mirror and seen fear in your own eyes? This is what Jesus sees as he looks out at the disciples. There's panic on their faces. There's terror in their heart. Fear, fear, fear is flashing. If you're taking notes, write this down. Fear is an audible, unaudible part of the human experience. Fear is an unaudible part of the human experience. Ed Young is a pastor who shared that, and he went on to say this, fear makes man believe the worst. Fear makes man believe the worst. There's a young man that was struggling, um, had lost a job, and he needed to uh, pay his bills, and so he was out there searching for a job, and he heard there was an opening at the zoo. So he put in his application, he got the phone call, and he uh, went in there for the interview, and uh, the job wasn't exactly what he thought it was going to be, as the one interviewing said, uh, well, the position is yours if you want it, and his heart began to race, and like, yes, um, but there's one thing, is we need to know if you could fit into the gorilla suit. He's like, what, what do you mean? That wasn't what I thought I was signing up for. He says, well, um, our gorilla passed away a few weeks ago, and we don't have a gorilla for all the little kids to see and, and their parents. And so the new gorilla is not coming for another couple weeks, so we need someone that's going to put on this costume. It looks real. And, and, and then you just need to go into the cage, and you need to sleep, and you need to eat, and you need to play once in a while like a gorilla. So he tries on the suit, and it fits, and he's like, all right, well, it's a good job, and it pays well, and so I'll do it. And so the first day, he puts the suit on, and they put him in the cage, and he goes right to the back of the cage, and he falls asleep. <laughs> then he wakes up. He eats a little bit. Not a bad job, amen? <laughs> and then he plays around a little bit, and he's walking around the cage, and all of a sudden, there's a little kid. Oh, mommy, look at the gorilla. And this kind of got him all excited, and he walked a little bit faster, and the little kid starts throwing peanuts at him. Well, this guy loves peanuts, so he started to gather the peanuts. And all of a sudden, the crowd got a little bit bigger, and so he goes, wow, this is kind of cool. And so he started to climb up the tree, and all of a sudden, the crowd grew big, bigger, and there's more peanuts flying, and people started yelling, ah, this is cool, fun. And he's getting all excited, and he grabs a vine. And he swings on the vine, left to right. 
And the, ah, and the crowd's bigger and bigger. Yeah, yeah. Swinging left to right. And he's getting so filled with adrenaline. He's getting excited. He's going faster and faster. He's going higher and higher until finally that vine snaps. And it launches him into the air over the fence and he lands into the cage of another animal. He gathers himself, he dusts himself off and he looks up and 20 feet ahead of him is a lion. And this lion looks like it's really hungry. And this guy's heart begins to race. And he sees that lion coming towards him. And he starts screaming, help, help. I'm really not a gorilla. I'm just a man in a gorilla suit. And that lion came running faster and faster. And it leaped up in the air. And it landed on him, pounced on him. And he's on his back. And the lion's standing right on top of him. And he goes, will you shut up or are you going to get both of us fired? We say some really stupid things when we're filled with fear, don't we? We may not say them out loud, like the young man in the illustration, but how many times have you been gripped with a situation when you've been gripped with fear? And all of a sudden, you play that CD in your brain that's the same CD that says, I can't. I'm scared. This won't happen. What's going on? I'm bailing. I'm quitting. I can't do this. And God Almighty in heaven who created you and I in his image is going, I did not create you to be paralyzed by fear. When I wired you, it wasn't so that you would give in to fear, but it was so that you would have courage. And I ask you, my friends, this morning, are you gripped by fear? Fear makes man believe the worst. Can you relate to that? I certainly can. I hope you take a look at this this morning as we peel this back more and more. These men on this boat were terrified. And they were terrified because they saw a what? They saw an image that looked like a ghost. Now, sailors, this isn't unusual. Sailors in that time, they told all sorts of ghost stories. There was always talk about ghosts or supernatural uh, figures on the lake. But I ask you a question as we bring this into 2017. As you sit in your boat, and that boat's life, as you sit in your boat, what is out there? that is paralyzing you? What is out there that is scaring the crud out of you? And if not you, you have people in your lives that are sitting in their boats. They're terrified. What are some of those things? Some of them are health issues. Yes? Some, some of those are uh, addiction issues. We have friends that are sitting in boats 
that are addicted to all kinds of stuff, and they would tell you that they're addicted, but they're addicted to it and so comfortable in it because what scares them is sobriety. What scares them is what will life look like if I'm not high every day, if I'm not drunk every day, if I'm not involved in sex every day, if I'm not shooting up every day, if I'm not shoving food down my throat every day, if I'm not sleeping, right? That's one of the greatest fears that I've heard with people with addiction that they say they want it, but they really don't want it because they'd rather the familiarity of the discomfort than the fearful unknown of of what? Of freedom. What, what is your fear as you sit in this boat? Is it finances? Is it parenting? Is it being single for the rest of your life? Is it being married for the rest of your life? This is a real topic, isn't it, church? It's a real topic for your pastor. And that's what's wonderful about God's word. It's not fluff. It gets us where we're at. And here, here's these, here's these guys that just got done seeing Jesus work, and they were there. They were part of the feeding. They're the ones that gathered all the gift backs and the to-go boxes to give everybody because Jesus fed the 5,000, and there was more left over. They just got done seeing all this, and a few hours later, they're scared. I get that. How about you? I get that. Well... Gripped by fear is not where God wants us to be. Gripped by fear is not where God wants me to be. So let's, let's go on to the positive. <laughs> Write this down if you're taking notes. The first is gripped by fear. The second is released by courage. Released by courage. Let's go to Mark again. Uh, we're in chapter 6, and then we're going to go to verse 50. They cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. So they're gripped by fear. Immediately, immediately he spoke to them and said, and, and again, this is so important for us to see. Remember, Jesus is over there. He wants his alone time. He's hanging out by himself. He's physically and emotionally perhaps drained. And he's over there connecting with heavenly father. And then he looks and he sees that these guys that he loves are terrified. So again, we see Jesus leave his own thing to go take care of someone else. Jesus is all that. And he goes, and he's, he's just kind of doing his walk. I don't, this is not a Jesus walk. I'm sorry. I just, I'm sorry, okay? He walks a lot cooler, so I can't even, okay? So picture whatever cool Jesus walk is, all right? So he's doing this on water because he's Jesus. Don't try and do this this afternoon. He's Jesus, and he's doing this, and there's a storm, and the guys are flipping out, and maybe Matthew's like, ah! All aboard us just jump for our own lives and beers. Ah, you know, who knows what stupidity was coming out of their mouth other than ah, right? And there's Jesus and, 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 and he's walking towards them to help them and they're flipping out more. Ghost! Well, look, immediately he spoke to them and said, Church, underline this, highlight it, memorize it, write it on your mirror of your restroom, I, I, bathroom. What, get it in your heart and mind. This is a gold nugget. 
a gold nugget for all of us. Jesus says, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Will you say that with me? Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Let's say that again. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Close your Bible. Let's see if you could say it again. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. You just memorized scripture. This is powerful. It's powerful for some of you right now as you sit in this boat paralyzed by fear. It, will be paral- it was powerful for some of you that were paralyzed by fear. And let me tell you something, church, just because how life plays itself out. This is for all of us when the future paralyzes us by fear. We will remember this verse. Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Let's press into that for the rest of this message. Gripped by fear, released by courage. Under released by courage, I want you to write this, take courage. What does that mean? The word courage means bravery bravery. It means strength in the face of grief or pain or danger. Courage is a new pair of glasses. You could, you could, you could Facebook this. You could tweet it. You could tell your friends, I got a new pair of glasses yesterday at church. They're like, oh, what did you get? You know, did you get Oakley's? Did you get Maui Gems? No, no, no. I got new perspective. Because you know what? I, I have allowed life to grip me. I have allowed life to paralyze me. I've allowed life to, 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 to bring fear into my heart. And, and, and God has given me a new pair of glasses. He's given me new perspective. And this isn't like health and wealth gospel kind of, oh, you know, hope you, you say this and it's going to happen. No, this is truth. This is truth that applies to every one of our situations. No matter what we're facing, no matter what we're gripped with, God says, I want to give you some new glasses. I want to give you a new perspective. Take courage. You got a choice. Am I going to choose fear? Am I going to choose courage? Brothers and sisters, I choose courage today. How about you? Courage is a new pair of glasses. Focusing on the bad things will not prevent them from happening. It only only prevents you from realizing the good things. Focusing on the bad things will not prevent them from happening. It will only prevent you from realizing the good things. God has so much in store for each and every one of us, but many of us are not even opening the gift because we're too afraid to even put our hands on it. It might be a bomb. It might be more bills. It might be bad news. It might be, it's the what if syndrome. Well, what if you stop doing the what ifs and put in fear there? And what if you put trust and courage in there? And what if you saw what God really wanted to do in your life? Woohoo! How exciting would that be? And I'm so passionate about this because I live it. Man, sometimes I'm right there in the center of courage. And me and God are knocking down walls together. And then it's like I'm the disciples. Then I have amnesia. And I'm gripped by fear. 
And I sit like a coward in the corner going, no, God, no. Evil out there, bad. No, I don't want to fail. I don't want to struggle. I don't want to hurt. I don't want to work hard. I don't want to, right? Take courage means to be brave. Strength in the face of grief. Last Sunday, uh, we had an amazing um, guest worship. You guys know Mandy Pinto has come here many, many times. And Mandy led for us last week, and right before first service, she took Pastor Josh and I into the back room, and she just kind of shared her heart with us. That week, she had found out that her eight-year-old daughter had a tumor on her brain. And, and here she is leading worship for us, you know, four or five days later. And so she was sharing the process and, and, and trust, and I said, hey, we will pray for your daughter after second service. So after second service, there's a few elders, a few pastors, and a few members of the church were in the prayer room, and this eight-year-old girl, Mandy says, honey, Bridget, do you want to share with them what's going on? This little eight-year-old girl proceeded to talk like a 40, 50, 60-year-old woman, so mature and so brave with what was facing her with surgery and such. I will say this, uh, she did have surgery. Keep praying for her as she recovers, and a lot of the news sounds good. So um, praise God for that. But why do I share that story? Here's a little girl that taught me about courage. God wants us to face this life with the courage that he provides. And that's key as we transition to the second point. It is I. It is I. Because some of you would sit here, and I, I understand it because I would say the same thing. You're like, but pastor, you have no idea what I'm dealing with right now in my boat. You don't know what I'm seeing and what I'm facing. And I would say you're right. I don't. And just as I've shared before, you don't know what I'm seeing in my boat either. Can we agree on that? And yet... You could hear a message like this and go, yeah, we can do it, yeah, and say no to fear and say yes to courage. But the truth is, if you walk out of here and only say yes to courage, I promise you, you'll probably get a great start, but you will burn out really quick on that. Why? Because the second part is essential. Take courage. It is I. We can't forget the I in the boat. And the I is not you. The I is not me. The I is the I am. The I is the I am Jesus. It says, I am the resurrection and the life. It's the I am that says, I am the good shepherd. I am the light. I am the bread of light, of life. I I am the first and the last. I am the resurrection. I, 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 I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am grace and I am truth. I mean, the I am is Jesus Christ. And, and so why I struggle with my boat is because I go and I oar and I strain and I struggle on my own and Jesus is right there and I'm doing this and going, don't you care, Jesus, don't you care? And he comes close and I said, no, no, no. And she's like, what am I supposed to do? Because he's not going to jump in the boat unless we invite him. That's called free will. 
Revelations 3.20, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone wants me to dine with him and he with me, you must open up the door. There's only one handle on the door and it's on our side. I know I don't like that sometimes because I want God to just kind of scratch that free will sometimes in my life and in some of my stubborn friends' lives and go, just make them. Just make them open up the door. Just jump in the boat whether they want you or not. Come on. But what an incredible passage, amen? Why? Why can we be released by courage? Because we, we, we take courage. We understand it is him. And then what? Don't be what, church? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Church, um, just recently, you know this has been about 13 months of being your lead pastor. It's been an incredible honor and very humbling. And in that 13 months, as we've reflected last month with the elders and what's happened, there's been a lot that's happened, a lot of good things. God has amazed this church in so many ways. But I think I've been pretty open with you that um, I've been gripped with fear. Uh, the second I told you about the whole upstairs, building that out for 17000 taking up a $250,000 one day in cash kind of thing, the next day I woke up going, what in the world were you thinking? I hope that's okay, because I did it. And then that whole process of those six weeks, there was those, and then when we started the building project, by the way, you guys gave over 315000 Unbelievable. Um, then the project happened, and what I didn't realize is I signed up for a second job, and I became an interior decorator. I, I became, uh, 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 you know, uh, known all about electrical things and change orders and RFIs and permits, and I learned how to hate um, all the inspectors in L.A. And I, I mean, there's all these, the, all these things that happened, and I will tell you, I've been gripped by fear. And then there's just the whole staff that I have underneath the, my belt and, and gosh, knowing that, you know, gosh, I got to provide for them and their families and we got, and just so, there's so much stuff that I'm always wrestling with this. But I will tell you this, I believe what I'm sharing here today and that's the only reason why I'm standing here. There's nothing Rob Denton can do in the boat alone, but when Jesus is in the boat with him, watch out. And watch out when Jesus is in your boat. Watch out. Some of us go, man, I can't believe how God works through her. I can't believe how God works through him. I can't believe how God works through that teenager. I can't believe how God works through that child. I can't believe, and you sit there and go, oh man, wish only if me. And God is going, I want to. You just gotta get up. You just gotta be brave. You gotta choose courage and not fear. And that's how I close this message today. Because what happened, you're gonna read the rest of it. But what happened, and you could also see this in Matthew's account, in chapter 14, is that Peter was one of those that said, all right, I'm going to do this. And he stepped out onto the water, and he got to walk and tell a story that none of those chickens ever got to tell, because the invitation was for all of them. And the only time he struggled, when he took his eyes off, it is I. That's when he sank. Church, whatever it is that you're facing, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid.
Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you that we get to have you in the boat with us, that we don't have to live in fear, that we get to be a part of something great and grand. And God, as we read that passage at the end of it, the people were amazed. The disciples were amazed when they saw this all come about. God, we wanna be amazed in our lives. We wanna be amazed as a church. We wanna be amazed in this community, in our state, in our country, in our world. Help us to choose you, to put you in the boat, to choose courage over fear. I pray that for all my friends here in this church this morning. And I pray that for my life. In Jesus' name, all God's people said. We hope this message was a blessing to your life, and we would love it if you could share it with your friends and family members. You can also visit us online at wvcch.org or join us live at one of our four Sunday services. We would love to see you here.